I'm John DiLiberto, and you're hearing the Echoes podcast from PRX. This week, we welcome the 29th icon of Echoes, Kitaro. The Japanese electronic musician has created a cosmic world fusion over the last 40 years. We'll take you inside this world, from his progressive rock group, the Far East Family Band, to his debut album, Tenkai Astral Trip, and on to the world fusion of Kojiki and more. You know that Echoes the Podcast is an interview show, but Echoes the Radio Show is all about the music to chill you out. A lot of you are traveling for the summer, and Echoes isn't everywhere, but you can take it with you by subscribing to Echoes Online. That way, when you're stuck in traffic or sitting at the airport, just sync up your phone with the Echoes app and hear the latest Echoes shows, non-narrated shows, and exclusive streams. Go to Echoes dot org to find out about Echoes Online. That's Echoes E C H O E S dot org O R G or just download the free Echoes app. And now let's take an astral trip with Kitaro, the twenty ninth icon of Echoes. It was a long stretch in the 1980s and 90s where Japanese synthesis Kitaro was one of the most visible signposts of New Age music with number one recordings and sold out concert halls across America and the world. He earned 16 Grammy Award nominations and eventually won in 2004, honestly, one of his worst albums, but up until that point and after, he made some extraordinary cosmic music. I first interviewed Kitaro in 1986 when his first U.S. release, Tenku, came out. I've talked with him many times since then, and I've got a profile of Kitaro, and that is his nickname, which means Man of Love and Joy. But his parents called him Masanori Takahashi. Kimberly Haas looks into the past of Kitaro. I send a message of sound towards the sky, engulfing empty space, soaring for beyond grasp, high above mountain top, beyond ocean waves. This message of love and peace comes from Japanese synthesis Kitaro reading a poem from the cover of his 1986 album, Tenku. Kitaro is a musician who seems to breathe the air of Japan's ancient past, but who lives very much in the technological present. He's been painted as a humble man who lives in solitude at the foot of Mount Fuji. For over 15 years, Kitaro has combined ancient Asian motifs and instruments with environmental sounds and synthesizers, creating exotic spacescapes. But for all the lushness and grandiose themes of his music, Kitaro, like most Japanese teenagers of the 60s and 70s, grew up listening to American rock and roll and rhythm and blues. I played the, played the rhythm and blues. Rhythm and blues. Uh, I, like, I like that. Yeah, uh, the first is the rhythm and blues and uh, also Beatles. Hard rock and roll. I think too much. And then, 
there was the Grateful Dead. I like Grateful Dead sounds. Dead, dead heads. <laughs> Kitaro began playing guitar in high school, and in the mid-70s he formed a progressive rock group called the Far East Family Band. It was the beginning of his synthesis of East and West, technology and tradition. The one side is more traditional Japanese, oh, just feeling. And one side is a more British progressive rock, like, like uh, Pink Floyd and uh, King Crimson. So, together. The first time Kitaro played synthesizer was with the Far East Family Band, and he was captivated by its mysterious sounds. The first is, I don't know uh, how to use the synthesizer, but uh, just uh, first times uh, I get a headphones, and uh, I don't I don't understand what is what it is what it. The very first time he sat in front of a synthesizer. Uh, he had uh, obviously no idea what all the various controls did, but he put on a pair of headphones and listened and just closed his eyes and touched the various controls. And uh, the, that first, that initial impression was a very strong one. He, he saw immediately that there was an instrument that could paint pictures with music. Seaside. Seaside is a picture music. Kitaro was further influenced by German synthesizer legend Klaus Schulze, who produced two Far East Family Band recordings. He introduced Kitaro to new ways of thinking about the synthesizer. Surprisingly, on his 1990 recording, Kojiki, Kitaro moves the synthesizers into the background in favor of a string orchestra. Actually, uh, when I was composed music, this Kojiki, uh, I composed uh, the music and I was played the uh, whole thing, so include the string section by synthesizer. But after that, uh, I, I thought many things. Because uh, all of synthesizers has a still cold feeling. And uh, we just uh, finally with uh, symphony orchestra. It's great. Sound is uh, getting warmer, more, more like human. Whether working with acoustic or electronic instruments, Kitaro still thinks in terms of visual images. 
When he begins to compose a piece, he starts with a mental picture. He, and he says it really is a, is a picture. It's uh, not some abstract idea. And there, for that picture, there is a sound that goes along with it. And that sound is already in his head before he even lays finger one on the keyboard. And, uh, but with that picture and uh, accompanying sound firmly in his head, he then begins to uh, experiment and uh, try to create that sound that is in his mind. Guitaro's music is a clever synthesis, both Asian and Western, futuristic and ancient. It's an orchestral drama that reflects his themes of universality. For him, uh, music isn't music unless it communicates dreams, uh, emotions, uh, feelings. And uh, to do that, at times, yes, it has to be dramatic, and that it's not a question of being uh, influenced by Western or Japanese uh, styles. It's, it's something that uh, is born of a dream and it's an effort to uh, communicate that dream. I compose the music, I performance the music to all of the world. I believe in, uh, it's my mission. Uh, it's connect to the East and West. says he doesn't consciously adapt traditional Japanese motifs, but they nevertheless abound in his music. He uses Japanese shakuhachis, tsutsumi drums, and kodos, even though these are often found in the form of digital samples. The centerpiece of his concert stage setup are three giant Japanese wodaiko drums. Over the years, Kitaro has played them in marathon ritual performances at the foot of Mount Fuji. Oh yeah, Japanese drums, big, big Japanese drums. Yeah, um, I like drums. It's a, I think, it's basic, basic sound uh, for human being. Yeah, it's so nice. This is August. Uh, from night to next morning, I play drums. All night. So crazy, yeah. At, at, at times, during the, this performance, during this uh, maybe ritual, you should really almost call it, uh, he really felt that he was no longer conscious of what he was doing. So they lost, the, yes, they were very much in a trance uh, and uh, really just lost consciousness yeah, of what he was doing as he was doing it. Yeah. 11 hours. Tomorrow's, tomorrow's, tomorrow's. Non-stop. 
去年もそうだけどその気を失って倒れたんですもうでそれでようやく気がついてまた Kitaro also borrows liberally from other cultures, including Africa, Bali, and India. But these influences are transformed in his synthesized landscapes. Indian tabla virtuoso Zakir Hussain, the son of Alaraka, performed on Kitaro's album, The Light of the Spirit, and it was a long way from Indian classical music. You know, it's very wavy and very,、uh, you know, I don't know, I felt like I was in a spacecraft, just flying, you know, and then just. You know, wind and curtains flying in the wind, and you know, all kinds of stuff like that. Kitaro's gentle and sometimes bombastic music has struck a chord with Western audiences. He sold over 10 million albums worldwide, and in 1987, he was nominated for a New Age Grammy Award. His recent tour sold out theaters like New York's Radio City Music Hall, and his new album, Kojiki, is currently number one on the Billboard New Age charts. It's an East West synthesis that Kitaro believes is a new style of music. I think,、uh... My music is the new Japanese music. <laughs> new traditional. <laughs> new lifestyle.、Uh, new. Philosophy. New type of music. On the Echo's website, you can stream a Kitaro concert recorded in my living room exclusively for the show. Just go to echoes.org. And if you're looking for something to play on your summer tripping, check out the best of Echoes 2021. So far, our favorite 30 albums from the first six months of this year. It's all up on the Echoes website at echoes.org.
Next week in the Echoes podcast, I've got the last icon of Echoes, George Winston. He's the 30th of 30 icons for 30 years of Echoes. I have a link to the complete list in the posting for this podcast, or just head over again to echoes.org. I'm John DiLiberto. This has been the Echoes podcast from PRX. See you next week, tonight on the radio, somewhere in the country, or at Echoes Online right now, or whenever you want.